0: hey you're listening to performance anxiety on the Pantheon podcast network I'm your host mark and it was so much fun talking with Isabel Campbell we hit on so many topics some you'd expect like starting with Bell and Sebastian working with Mark Lanigan, the effect COVID had on her projects, and what she's working on now. But we also talk about some things that you might not expect, like how church music influenced her, how a cheeseburger and Annie Hall were the reasons she left Bell and Sebastian mid-tour, getting kicked out of orchestra, and what she did during a decade-long hiatus from the music business. Isabel was incredibly gracious to speak with me so soon after Mark Lanigan's passing, and we do discuss their music and relationship quite a bit. And she's got some great news about some reissues and new projects that should make everybody happy. So give her a follow on social media at Campbell Music on Instagram, at Isabel underscore Campbell on Twitter, and pick up her music on Bandcamp or wherever you buy music. Follow us at PerformanceANX on Twitter and Instagram, and you can help us out with review, with coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety, or with merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. And I hope you enjoy this chat with Isabel Campbell on performance anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network.
1: Okay, okay. Um, this is a, <laughs> i don't. I'm don't really not good at these things, but I'll try, I'll try it. Um, this is Isabel Campbell, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety. I feel like my mouth is a bit dry. It was like <laughs> if you think that was okay, then I'm good. Yay! You, oh. you did it. That I,
0: I mean, <laughs> sounded like you're know, a toddler. Yay! I did it. <laughs> Congratulations! Oh my goodness! First of all, I want to thank you for for doing the podcast. This is uh this this is wonderful. I'm so thrilled about this. Oh no
1: no that, thank you. Sorry it took me so long. No no no.
0: I, it's it's been a been a crazy year already. But um, it's
1: been like. That- crazy two years ago. oh yeah
0: and I, want, I, I before we get too deep into things i do want to thank rob marshall humanist for connecting us that he's just he's one of my favorite people on the whole planet so
1: I me thank too him. like i adore him i adore him so much and i um, actually was just texting him before we spoke and i was like i'm finally doing i'm talking to your friend so, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> i was just uh actually messaging with him yesterday
1: i need to see that human i need to see that humanist because um uh he just like he's so like yeah him and i just like really really connect and he's such a good soul for me and i think it 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 goes both ways um so last i saw him because because i actually i actually lease uh an apartment like down where he lives and he last i saw him like he was helping me on the train with like my cello and everything oh wow <laughs> yeah like oh. i was like a I was like a pack mule and he was just like <laughs> laughing at me because like he he has a he has a coffee shop on the station for the train to london oh, okay. and um so he like made me a coffee before oh. i went i was like oh i could get used to that so why can't everyone be him? Oh, I no. I'm like, <laughs> like him, uh-huh. um, but yeah, cause, oh, that's so. I didn't know that, and um, that he was because um he had another like friend past too. So yeah. Um, but uh, him and I have been really like supporting each other. So it's it's been yeah. it's like it's a cheesy saying. Like I think it's from the same music or something. Like when. When God closes the door somewhere, He opens the window. But yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of like that's life. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And and I wanted, I did want to offer my condolences for the loss of of Mark Lanigan uh, I know you guys were so yeah. close and did so much work together. So, and but on a happier note, I think I also wanted to wish you a belated happy birthday.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I got really blue actually. Like, oh, I I I saw, I saw my mom. That was amazing because it was. Just the day after that, Rob helped me on the train, So oh, okay. my mum and my cousin, and that was amazing. But then, like a couple of days later, yeah, I was very blue and oh. and and very actually very grumpy. Um, but there was like a uh solar eclipse, which stuff like that, I've noticed. I I'm quite in sync with stuff like that. But, really, um, yeah. But now I feel good. Like I I I was just like in a black hole, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to climb out of this. Um. Oh. But, but I did,
0: so. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. C-
1: congrats to me. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, I'm the toddler. So yay yeah. for you.
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what yeah. I like, I like to find out a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to rephrase it. <laughs> the way I like to start the, the show is, is to find out about your your history, how you got into music and, and how it hit you in the first place. You know, what sent you on the path that you're at to get you where you are now? So the the first the first thing I kinda know, know because I I've noticed that you move around a lot are are there yeah. are there Scottish gypsies because I think you're one of them.
1: <laughs> I, I'm I'm a yeah like I pretty much <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm a I'm nomadic at this point and um but at this point also embracing it so but I am and am yeah. There there must be my mum, like there's this Irish old Irish um folk singer, Margaret Barry. She was I think she was definitely like gypsy, like uh linen traveling, like linen lineage and everything. Yeah. And like I had one of her CDs and she actually looks like my mum. Oh wow. And, like my my one of my other musician friends was like that looks like your mom, and I was like, "Yeah, it does." <laughs> so, but my mom kind of looks like um, she looks kind of like oh man, my mom looks very Irish, not in the red hair sense, like the Celts. That like, but she's got she's got like jet black hair, like bright blue eyes, and um. So there must be, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, there must be. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've never done any of those. Like um, my friend in Lu- Louisiana was telling me about um. Like, the, you know, so many people are doing all these DNA tests, yeah. but I've, I've never, I've never done it. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, did
0: yeah, it So what are you? <laughs> I am, uh, well, for anybody who's seen me, this might be a surprise. I'm 53% Irish. I look 100% ah. Irish. I, I look like a leprechaun. I mean, all right. Have you ever seen the- ac- Are you very small? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm five foot six. I- so oh, yes i'm short
1: not, um, not too small
0: <laughs> but uh, I, if you've ever yeah. seen the the actor sean astin from um uh you ever see the the movie rudy or mm. let me see what I, oh. i'll look what else he's in but i look like sean Aston. i'm like i look eg- oh. exactly like freaking sean i will
1: astin. google i will google it afterwards I, I haven't like i was talking to another friend just He's called Jason, and obviously it was like Friday the Thirteenth yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And I'm oh, like, right. but I was like, he was like, "Have you seen that?" And I'm like, hey, "I live under a rock. I've no. not seen it." <laughs> <laughs> so he had to ex- explain it all
0: to me. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm 53 percent Irish, and then I'm 29 percent something like that Norwegian. But my grandmother was Ooh. pure Norwegian, so I got none of the Viking. I got all of the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. So because i'm i'm five foot six i have I, I don't my i've got uncles that are like six two six three i got none of that so i don't know
1: it's, uh, and then other other yeah
0: i got like other northern uk stuff like like it's a general catch-all i guess it's like northern uk i don't i, I and I think a little bit so of German you're,
1: um, so you're very European then. Yes. Very oh. European.
0: Yes, very very much so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost frighteningly so.
2: Yeah. But, but so
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it was was your were your parents into music? You, uh, you imagine your mom looked like a musician? Were, were they did they like music? Did they play music?
1: Um so I grew up like so they were my dad, like my mom and dad, they both seen. They both when like they were dating, like they went to see Led Zeppelin oh, and wow. the Rolling Stones. Um, so my my dad was a bit of a bad boy. So my dad, he's still alive, <laughs> but he still is a bit of a bad boy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just an old bad boy. I like but him. He already. was like he was really into. Um, he's even called Angus. Oh. like. <laughs> Um, He was, um, he's like really into, um, back in the day, like he was really into like uh, Deep Purple and you know, all that kind of stuff. So he's, and he's still like, he still loves music. Like uh, one of the last times I saw him, he was singing like, I'd never heard it. So I quite enjoyed it. He was singing a wristband by paul simon which i i thought was really funny because he <laughs> he thought it was really cool so it was like this scott scottish man going oh wristband my man and i was just like "Ah, oh, that's so funny that is um, awesome so he loves music and um the only thing i disagreed with him once was he tried to tell me that paul weller was preferable to the small faces and i was like what oh. like because like i have all his like, I grew up in, in... So he would have, like, the Led Zeppelin vinyl, deep purple vinyl. He would have, um, you oh, know, uh, Kinks 45s, like, Small Faces 45s, and a lot of the stacks in Motown. So, oh, awesome. Um, so that was my dad. And he, he had the guitar, but he never learned. And then my mum really likes music. But the thing is, like, so my dad's got a nice voice, but he can't remember lyrics, and my mum... <laughs> Has a gorgeous. <laughs> uh, has a can remember lyrics, but has nobody likes to hear her sing. Like when she's singing, my brother's like, "Stop it, please stop now." And oh no! <laughs> then, like, tell her to stop singing. So, but um, so somewhere in between that, uh, and oh. and also I'm a bit embarrassed to say that you know she kept the Beatles off number one because she bought um she blew and bought that Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> like oh the, no! <laughs> 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 Kep, kept it uh, kept strawberry fields off number one oh. so that and she's she's a big uh Bar- big on fan as well oh wow so, uh, yeah so that's her but um i think i got i think my dad like because when i was small as well like he used to tape all the chart shows and like uh see wonder and like lana richie and oh, and we man. would play we or, Compete with Morrissey was into and, and we would play games in the cards like who's that and I'd like tell him who it was so I think that's
0: probably <laughs> that is so great. I don't
1: think it's I think it's less to do with Engelbert Humperdinck, even though that's a very excellent name. <laughs> uh,
0: it is, it is. I mean, if we could get Engelbert Humperdinck with Benedict Cumberbatch, I you know I don't know how we w- what they would do together, but
1: something amazing it
0: would would, the world would explode i don't know what would you can't get those two forces too close together it's like i
1: mean i love benedict cumberbatch so like yeah yeah, it would be i feel like it would have to be something i got it
0: (laughs) i got it benedict cumberbatch plays engelbert humperdinck in his biopic yep There we go. There we go. There we go. (laughs) All right. So we'll we'll just start writing that after we record this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com performanceanxiety performance anxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. When did you start getting into music? And I know you're, you're a cellist. Was that mm-hmm. the first instrument you learned or were there, was there something else that got you into playing music?
1: When I grew up, there was a piano teacher that lived like three doors down. Okay. And um, but then at school, well, even when like my parents aren't religious, but my mum kind of tried going to church for for a minute. And um, when we went to church, I was really into the singing. And then when we started, um, when we started having like music singing classes at at school and everything, I, I, felt my whole body knew how excited I was I was just like I was just like vibrating very like I love this like um and so I knew that I loved it and then and then at school like when we would have music lessons I, I remember just thinking this makes me so happy and I love this so much like I want to this is just so much better than everything else, <laughs> so um I felt like I that gave me a bit of drive or something and I think I went back and I said to mum can I have piano lessons and then so I started that and then a few years later I think I was 11 or something and the cello teacher came into the class at school and she played the swan from Carnival of Animals and I remember getting really excited again and I went home and I was like, can I learn cello? And like at that time it was cool at school because they just had like old beat up cellos in in, in a in a cupboard and you could just (laughs) um and you could just like go and get one, take a home. It was free. And like um and the cello lessons were free as well. So Wow. It's good. Oh that's awesome. Yeah. And I had a very um inspirational teacher because she was she was like um Maggie. She was like very kind of calm and tall, wellowy lady and very like she became a, a, a Buddhist and um, Oh wow. And she just she I just liked her a lot and um you know, she was like a yeah, happy <laughs> and things like that. I just I really really liked her.
0: So. Okay. So, at this time, what, what what music were you listening to besides what was being played at school? I mean, I'm thinking. So, what was the at popular time was like? I'm thinking it was like Ghostbuster soundtrack, Olivia Newton John oh, kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, that was very good. Um, it's funny because my brother, like he's he's got a three year old and a six year old now, and he puts on Ghostbusters in his house and they yeah. all start, like, they still love it. I mean, <laughs> it's who would love it? Ray Parker Jr., like, who wouldn't love it? Exactly. Like, you can't not no, love it. No, it's a
0: very bouncy, happy song.
1: <laughs> yeah. For busting so, ghosts. Yeah. So, um, yes, I was very into that. And I'm not trying to, I remember when I was small, I don't know if, I don't think he went across the Atlantic, but there was, like, this, like, 1980s, uh, kind of Elvis guy called Shaken Stevens, and he was actually really popular in the UK. And he just he basically was pretty much just like Elvis, but he had. To, so I really liked that. <laughs> okay. Um, like I think he was like a heartthrob for all the for all the little girls. and uh, I was like that. Okay. And then also, I remember seeing like Debbie Harry on Top of the Pops oh. singing. Heart of Glass, or something, and I remember thinking, I want to do that. <laughs> <But> I, was <laughs> only, like, I was only like five or six, like, because I remember thinking, She looks so good, and um, I like that, and that's what I want to do.
0: <laughs> so, was and that so I knew that was when you knew that was when you kind of made your decision that was what you, this is the direction you're going to go?
1: I just like, I was like, This is, I, I just kind of thought. Well, I would like to do that when I grew up. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now I was I guess that that leads to when did you start playing in bands? Because I'm I'm sure taking cello lessons there were there were recitals and, was, and other things. Doesn't,
1: but... It doesn't really um offer itself up to like, you know so I'd be learning I'd be having the music lessons at school and then what? Like do that, and then, uh, and then I was. Oh, I went to an orchestra, like like a summer school orchestra, like Glasgow School's orchestra, and I actually got thrown out of it. Like I, I brought a lot. Of-
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did you get thrown um, out?
1: I brought a lot of shame on the family. Um, that was like the naughty. There was like one. Well, I did a few naughty things, but and rebellious acts. But that was like one of them. Oh,
0: uh, what did you? You gotta tell me what did you do to get thrown out of the orchestra?
1: Well, I so I I was like <laughs> when when I would go to these things, like I'm I get I still actually get overwhelmed quite easily, and. Um, and I got there and all the kids they were all really, really good at their violins and cellos and or and everything. And I, I was like, Oh, I'm not very good. And I was like and I thought, how will I how do I fit in here? And so my solution was get in with all the naughty kids. Uh-oh. Um so I hung out with all the the rebels and um <laughs> I'd never <laughs> I'd never really drunk any booze in my life and um but I was pretending to. I was trying to keep in with these kids, Annie. <laughs> like I don't know why. I don't know what my. I was obviously. I don't know. Had some sort of idea about something. Anyway, um, they. I think we had a lunch break or something, and they walked miles and miles and miles to get a bottle of vodka. Oh And my. um, they brought it back. So that night, and I'm like, yeah, of course I drunk vodka. Of course, but like I, I totally hadn't. But, um, so I was like 14. Downs an entire bottle of vodka. Oh my! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> started to um. I've never really drunk before. Um, like because I think the other girl was like pretending, but I was like, oh no, like, for a penny, <laughs> for a pound like I'm gonna do this, and um, you know, uh, be math or whatever, like tackle says or whatever. Oh. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> and a, uh, and then the last thing i remember was like trying to strip and making (laughs) i was only 14 (laughs) making a beeline for a pond oh my god suddenly i thought it was a really good idea to get in that pond (laughs) and then i think um i passed out and i can't remember anything else um (laughs) um, (laughs) it was in an old castle it was in an old castle castle towers, and I'm told that all the kids carried me around the grounds of the castle trying to hide me from the teachers. Oh um, my
2: God. That was it, but
1: then eventually I was found by the teachers, um, but I didn't know any of this. Like All I knew was the next day, uh, I woke up and I could hear somebody sobbing in the next bed, and that was my other rebel friend, because I'd obviously Everyone had been discovered and I woke up from like the best sleep of my life. I was like, ah, like, oh, oh, mellow and probably still drunk. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And she was like, we're going home. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they stuck us on the ferry. And yeah, so that was my. Wow. uh, And and like at that point, my mother was like, you're grounded for the rest of your life. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: And you're like, I found my calling.
1: And yeah, I was just like rock and roll, <laughs> even though <laughs> even though like my music is like um the most the most gentle music, it but uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that so that was like at fourteen. By yeah. the age of nineteen, you're part of Bell and Sebastian. Yeah. How did yeah. you meet the Stewarts, and how did you get started playing in Bell and Sebastian? So
1: that was when I was fourteen. Then so then because i was grounded for the rest of my life <laughs> right. like the headmaster of the school actually had to say to my mom mm, do you think maybe like you can maybe you can go on easy on her now like they were like i think you can maybe like let her out now and, and, and i was like thank you mr pepper like thank you so much. like i was like because like my life was over oh. like she was just like she was like i'm watching you you're in the room for the rest of your life anyway so because of that though, all I I just really I I couldn't hang out with the naughty kids anymore because my mum was like onto me. Right. So um I just I threw myself into cello and I just got like I got it coincided, I just got like really into the kinks and um, oh, cool. really into the Beatles and I just threw myself I think it was escape actually, like I think it was just like a, a sort of thing to get you know remember like seeing the, the graduate at that age and everything oh, and I just yeah. got I just got really into it and then so then when I was like I think when I was 17 I, I think like obviously yeah cello classical piano you don't really think like oh yeah rock or indie music right. or it's not really, <laughs> it's really a band. Think, but yeah but but then actually in the back of my head because i was like "Mm." i was like oh eleanor rigby and i was like oh like Uh the left bank like baroque pop i was like i think i can do it somehow but then um so i had a french friend he was quite a lot older he was over studying in glasgow and he him and i had like a little he loved the the pastels you guys say the the pastels but um, he yeah he he he, he, you say Tomato, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he pastels. he loved him and so did I and he just played music and worked on songs that was Eric and I and then I had like I'd been at this other cello school and I'd met this boy and he was like yeah he was like I've written this song and I was like oh yeah I was like what is it and he was like God save the Queen it's a fascist regime and I was like really you wrote that song I was like that's amazing like totally totally, totally believed him and I'm um, so, so, he, so he was in a band with his brother called uh, Life with Nixon, and I thought they were the best thing since sliced bread. I was wow. like, they're amazing. They're going to be superstars. I was just like, this is amazing. And I just had all these like friends in in bands, and I just I sort of wanted to do it, but I didn't know like how I could do it. So, and and so I was just like really into the sixties music. Like I'd go to Glasgow School of Art and like danced the whole night away like because the music was so good like it was a club called uh divine and it was this dj like andrew divine he's still doing stuff he's he's amazing and um yeah he's like such a music aficionado and like he's influenced so many of us in in glasgow like i I adore him and um, he's awesome yeah he's amazing and so then I think there was there was all these kind of like scene in Glasgow and um, I had lots of great friends and everything and one new year I think the new year 1995 we went to a party and um, I was also drunk like I'm never I'm actually I'm so boring now like I'm such a I'm like I'm like oh the demon drink like I'm a teetoto kind of boring person anyway yes. but um <laughs> i was very drunk at this party and that's when i met and i was actually like okay i was like yeah you can stand up you can stand up and i was trying to like clutch onto pieces of furniture oh my. And, but that's that's when i met like i was 19 oh no 18 18 and um Stuart murdoch was at that party and i was i was in the queue for the for the toilet actually and he so was he and and he was like, oh, he's like, you're you're Isabel. He was like, does anyone ever call you Belle? And I was like, yeah, yeah, my mum has always called me Belle. And um, so that was new New Year, nineteen ninety five. And then when I went, I was studying music at at university. And when I went back to university after those holidays, he had written a letter and sent a and sent a tape and everything. And that was the, the beginning of that
0: oh wow okay
1: and he would um he would come up to because i was at uh, there was a music course at strathclyde uni and um, so we had practice rooms there and he would i would sneak him into the practice rooms and we would uh we would play music and at first like when he first came up like because i had a little demo tape that i'd made as well and a couple of those songs were okay but like when he came in like his song he was so much further along than me because he was like i think i was like 18 he was like i don't know 25 or something okay. and him um, he was like further along and his i mean it's all the songs they were all the songs that went on to tiger milk which is some of my favorite songs So, so he just he was further along. So, the, we just kind of settled into his, and I was, and I, I actually, I was extremely quite nervous and like quite shy about playing mine. So, so we just started his, and then okay. that's how the band started. So,
0: yeah. so you are the technically, I guess the bell in bell and sebastian then yeah maybe sort
1: of like i think it was <laughs> i think we sort of saw it as like him um, synchronistic or like okay. kind of thing because because um he had written the story about bell and sebastian and and then he met me so i think we okay. felt it was like a bit of a like it was i say like like yes and no but it was like a sort of sign in a way like right we yeah thought, it was meant something.
0: So at this there's point, there's
1: sort of synergy in it all. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's right. So at this point, are you thinking that this music is your career? And this, this no is, no way. No, nope. way. no oh. all I'm thinking,
1: no, never. All I'm thinking is <laughs> never. I'm just, because, because So me, when I was like 17, 18, I was like, this is something all my friends that are boys do. Um, And, and like, when I was like 18, 19, I was like, this is something all my friends that are boys do and mm-hmm. it's amazing and I love it. But I'm thinking, how can I ever do it? But then okay. I, but then I also like I had a had a boyfriend and like that got me into like Nancy and Lee and um and also then I started listening to like Francois Hardy and um Astrud and I think at oh, that point yeah. when I heard those female singers, I thought, well, it's, as much as like Aretha is like my queen and everyone's a queen and like one of the like I'm like you know I'm, I was like I was thinking but when I heard the sort of softer voices I thought to myself I think I could do this you know so um and that's when I and also also meeting Stuart like he sort of encouraged me to sing as well and so i was just Fell together, really.
0: Well, yeah, because you know, if you sang like Aretha, it wouldn't have worked with Bill and Sebastian. No, no, no they'd no. be like,
1: they, but I mean, but who cares if I sang like Aretha? I'd be like, I'd be on a private jet. Yeah, I well...
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good point. Like, See <laughs> I'm not doing your stupid podcast.
1: <laughs> but 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 I mean, like Aretha, like she's one of my favorites. But yeah. but it's like, um I remember because so when I was the band first started and I was always sure it was like my best friend. And so I'd, we'd always, um, I'd always be around like this church hall and everything. And um, I think one of the ladies in the church choir said like, you know, there was this like soprano singer and she's like, Woo! like really like full on. And yeah. I think this more um sort of simpering, more mousy woman said to Maggie, the soprano, she said, You know, God hears the sparrows as well as the (laughs) larks. So, like, so that's how I think. That's That's how I think. Now, I I think, uh, well, you know, the little sparrow can still chirp away. uh, And that's how I see it. But, and also, I'm I'm a songwriter too. So, I think, well, it's all good because even though I can't sing like Aretha, I can write for someone that does. And that's true. That's what I'm going to do one day. So.
0: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. But I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and loved them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was jail Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet. And help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. Was your family supportive of you starting to play in in bands outside of school? (coughs)
1: I think they were suspicious because um, <laughs> like but like they were having marital problems. So so I could, I could sort of get away with doing what I like a bit. Like, they were kind like, of
0: preoccupied?
1: Kinda, yeah, caught on to that I could do. But I remember like mum had been away on a, on a break with ladies like down in London or something. And she came back and my dad said to her, well, she better pass her exams because she's been in the studio all week. And they were highly suspicious, but uh, then, um, but that was recording Tiger Milk. So I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "No way, I'm not going to do that." Right. And, um, so then, when the launch party for Tiger Milk happened and everything, my parents came to it, and I think oh, my mom awesome. was so excited; she looked like she was going to burst, oh, like she was just like wow. so excited. So
0: oh, that's, that's so awesome! I love hearing that.
1: So then so then, at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do whatever I want <laughs> even more now. <laughs> Not one to take advantage. <laughs> but I was, like, I was reading the signs.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, as kids are able to do. Did you, I guess, were you more comfortable touring since you had been playing cello in orchestras and school bands and stuff? Was it a different experience? Going out and, and playing tours with Bell and Sebastian, and, and did you did you go on extensive tours? I mean, was it was there a big transition? I guess maybe is the better way to ask that.
1: Um, it kind of all like really, it was all quite natural, like how it all like fell together. But and then we would start to play locally, and then, but to be honest, like when we first went on, because I think I was an, like Chris. Geddes and I like we were still at university so and Mm. then like Stevie still had uh, a day job kind of thing and then so when we first I think on when we first started more touring especially in the States I was still only like 18 and as much as I really you know nothing would have stopped me doing it but I actually found it quite overwhelming like looking back like i I think i would kind of like lash out and i think some of the band maybe thought i was being a little arsehole but (laughs) but i I think i was like i was quite like because i'd led quite a sheltered life so then all of a sudden you're in this on a sleeper bus with roadies um (laughs) and 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 you and and you go to bed and you seeing a big, big hairy bum in your face and right. stuff like that and I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't like that so it um, would be really weird if I had like oh that's <laughs>
0: this is great
1: <laughs> like oh yeah living it's, like living the dream it's as glamorous as I thought <laughs> but um so but now I'm more adjusted to it but it took a long time long time
2: yeah
0: yeah Uh, yeah your first lead with bell and sebastian is the song is it wicked not to care Was yeah. was it your idea, or was it one of the Stuarts suggesting you do a lead? Or how did how did you start singing?
1: So I would always sing um, back up on Stuart stuff anyway, which which I always loved to do. Like mm-hmm. I, I love singing; it's so nice to sing. But actually, from the days when Stuart would come to the university and we'd sneak in the practice rooms and like and like all oh, the you know the other kids they don't. Be, They'd all be like singing like "Midnight at the Oasis" and stuff like that, and so and I'd be like, you know, to me the pastels were god, so right, I was okay. not I was not singing "Midnight at the Oasis," so I al- I always felt like quite um like it was sort of like a guilty pleasure, like just doing this the music that I liked and not like acid jazz stuff, you okay. know. So, but back in the days when he came up to uni and um the demo tape I was talking about is it wicked not to care was on that and, oh, okay. um, one of those and um, he I think it was Stuart Marley idea he was like oh we should we should record that and um and I was I remember before we recorded that in the church hall I was so nervous like, oh so, <laughs> like, I remember walking the streets of Hindland, talking to myself like don't you know you know you you can you can do this, don't lose it, don't lose the plot, like just yeah. do it, you can do it, and a I was just like, "Oh, I'm really scared oh. so,
0: yeah. <laughs> so you stayed with Bell and Sebastian for several years until two thousand two, yes, and if I'm reading this right, you left in the middle of a tour,
1: yeah, that's not so i I'm yeah, I'm not really that professional. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. I like like I think, you know, get a big rose, throw it away.
2: Hey, right. well thank you. Go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I sort of it just kind of like I hung on by my fingernails for quite a long time and yeah. like because we didn't like if I had to do it all again, I would go back in a time machine and I would first of all I would enjoy it more. And I would just be his friend, not be his kissy kissy on the side or whatever that was. But I, th- I think it was just like, just yeah. But you know, that's what just, bands can be. That's bands, yeah. isn't it? Yeah,
0: and, and you know, at some point, everybody reaches a breaking point. You can't you can't predict <laughs> where it's where that is.
1: Oh no, it was <laughs> totally unpredictable. Like um, like uh, we'd uh, I don't know. Like he just would push my buttons and it would make me mad and then sometimes like i would push his buttons and make him mad like like uh i remember i made him so mad once in dublin that he smashed his hofner semi-acoustic at the end of the concert you know oh wow yeah we would we were we would get into it like with fighting um but in when i left the tour we'd been in montreal and we'd we'd been in montreal and i think like a, a lot when we were on tour that time Wherever we were, we would try and play a song from that area or something. Like, I think, I think we were when we were in, like, if we were in LA, we would play like something from Forever Changes or something like that. So, any, I don't, but everywhere we would be, like, we would play like, or we'd play some kind of cover, but, um, but we were in Montreal and I think we played a Leonard Cohen cover and then, but we came back it was a funny time in the band because we were touring with a lot of session musicians at the time and we came off stage and i remember Stuart giving us and Stuart david had left by that point okay. and i remember Stuart murdoch giving us a kind of giving us a dressing down in front of the session musicians oh. and i and i didn't like that i was like thinking that i was like that's not cool like don't do that to us in front yeah. of these these Outsiders. Right. That, to me that's yes. what I thought like so anyway I was a bit kind of feeling a bit like, I don't like that and then we got to New York and we were having a day off Um, I was I remember I'd offered, ordered room service I'd ordered this big cheeseburger and I was like I was loving my cheeseburger like I was like, <laughs> tucking into it like I was like mm, yeah like really like like leave me alone with my cheeseburger and um, <laughs> then phone, the, phone, the phone went in the hotel room and it was Stuart and I was kind of like ah oh, this is my day off and I'm eating this burger like leave me alone and um, <laughs> and he wanted because he was like I want you to sing in New York I want you to sing It Had To Be You from Annie Hall like I want you to sing that and I was thinking I don't want to sing that like I don't because I, I wasn't really feeling feeling it. Like, okay. and anyway, I was, that got my back up. So I didn't, so I put my foot down and I didn't do that. So then, I don't know, by the time I got to Toronto, I just thought, oh, adios, I'm out here. And so that was it. And I, I just, there's just been a lot of tension and fighting. And, and so I was just like, I want to go home. And I spoke to the manager at the time and he was like, well, if you do that, you know what that means. You know what that means. You know what this means. And I was like, "Yes, I know what it means." <laughs> yeah. So and then aware. yeah. So and then I th- I think um I think Chris and Richard came to say bye to me and then the bus left with me not on it. And I went to the swimming pool and did talks at the swimming pool. And I, I remember thinking, "Well, this is scary. I've kind of jumped off a cliff. I don't really know what's going to happen next." But yeah okay, this is it. And um, wow. and that was it. That's and I, and I oh, thought man. I thought I was going to be so poor for the rest of my life because I, I got back to Glasgow and I bought two massive soup pots and I thought I was going to have to live on soup for the rest of my
0: life. <laughs> <I can't> remember? <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. It's so strange to hear about you guys fighting. I mean, the, the, the Scottish people are, are very placid people
1: well no you need to talk to my <laughs> you need to talk to my jamaican how do you is it Ghan, 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 Ghanese? or how someone from ghana what oh, uh, you, what?
0: a ghana ghana ghana
1: yeah you need to talk to my friend lloyd because he says all scots are feisty
0: oh yeah and that's he right says,
1: he says we're feisty and we're all, uh, he says, we're all fiery, and so he thinks we're all scrappers, basically. That's so.
0: <laughs> that's the prevailing thought. I I would say here in America, Scot- Scottish people are pretty fiery. So
1: yeah, like like he sends me all these like joke, like making fun, <laughs> like fun of me things. I like He sends me all this stuff about Scottish people, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was like, I l- oh,
0: fair enough. I'll be honest with you. I, I think it's awesome because I, I love the Scottish accent. And one of my, one of my favorite things is um, that Pink Floyd song. Um, several species of small furry animals gathered right. together in a cave and grooving with a pict because, of the, because <laughs> of the Scottish guy yelling throughout you know, <laughs> half of the song. That is literally one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs because of the Scottish guy screaming throughout
1: I, I, now you're making me think of the Alex Harvey band, and I don't even know why. <laughs> like, I think I'm just thinking of uh, that that son of I don't know. What, maybe it's because I said my dad's called Angus, maybe. and then now I'm thinking like uh, what's the son of a bitch song? No, <laughs> you- <laughs> like I think it's I think it's maybe because it's um, that my in my head that maybe that's feisty. I don't know. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> after you left and, and you bought your soup pots. Oh no, Miss Mr. Kitchen. Yeah. You started kind of a solo career. Uh with uh, kind it, of a solo career. With, yes. <laughs> with the Gentle Waves to start off with. So we didn't immediately yes. jump in as Isabel Campbell. We, you started off as the Gentle Waves. And you actually were still working with, with some of the musicians from Bell and Sebastian in that isn't
1: No, it? I think there was like a crossover. Like um okay. so the first two I think the first two Gentle Waves records came out. In fact, the only two gentle wheels records came out when I was still in b and um yeah, so and Stuart helped Stuart I think mostly the first one, Stuart's on it and he helped me with it. The clock may not mean much to rabbits and house, depending on darkness and night to fly in the night or to hide in the hole. We can do both things. What is this taking that saves us from sleep, from light, and from warm peace of mind? It's tin, and it's cold, and it's brutal in years. It's empty. Okay, that brutal. makes sense. But then it was kind of like, even though it wasn't as accomplished or popular as the, you know, the daddy band, I was <laughs> kind of like, I just I just really wanted to do it. And um, I remember sort of thinking it's like playing for two, like, you know, basketball teams or something like you can't play for two. You maybe have to as much as you might try to, which. So, yeah. But to be honest, um, so my dad left us. My dad left my family in February 2002 and I left Bill and Sebastian in June 2002, and I feel like it was just, I think everything was just getting a bit much. So, like, I left the band in June 2002, and by August, I was in therapy. So, I think I was just figuring it out, you know. I was only young, yeah.
0: I enjoyed the gentle waves. I think my favorite is Partners in Crime, though. That it's got this great, like, spaghetti western feel (laughs) to it. I love that
1: song. Not so very long ago, it was so warm and humid else you would go down to the old wood and pray for the wind to come. She had a friend who swore you could evoke the angels simply by prayer. She said, There are angels for every desire, but you must believe. You have to believe. So by the time the sun was bright, along with the stale air, a planet formed very clearly in her mind. Yeah, I had a friend, I don't know if you know, like he used to play, do you know that band Current 93?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, so, so there's my friend, I've not been in touch with him for years, but my friend Joe, and he had a project called Backworld. Okay. And he, he used to play with Lydia Lunch and stuff. Oh, wow. And, but he used to, but he came over from the States, in New York, actually, he came over from the States and I recorded a little bit with him. But he always used to call me the dark heart of Belle and Sebastian. That's what he used to call me, <laughs> <laughs> which I quite like that because seems as though other people, like as soon as though, like uh, you know, with compared to Mark Lanigan, I seem like the sugar pop fairy. So That's uh,
0: true, but compared <laughs> to Mark Lanigan, a lot of people do too.
1: Yeah, you probably do <laughs> actually. Any anyone with most people would. So yeah. But, but it's not it's not good to compare but i'm just saying like yeah like uh, yeah it's
0: yeah good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if we brought him up let's how did you start working with mark landigan because he does appear on your first true solo album amerino why does my head hurt so
2: always the same playground swinging around The same faces, never enough. Or down, baby, tell me, how did I drift so
1: far? Tell- yeah, how did he, you He meet? wrote. He wrote those uh, lyrics. Apart from the line, all the only line I had was, "Why does my head hurt so?" But he wrote the rest. Um oh, wow. so what happened was so I left the band, checked myself into therapy. That's like, oh my god, that's that's like <laughs> sounds a bit cliche or something, but anyway, that's what <laughs> happened. And um so I was thinking, oh well, is this it? Is it going you know, my I think my whole life my family have been desperate for me to be like a teacher or something because that's like a nice, nice job for a for a girl. Right. But um I so that was June 2002 and I had, this is when I was working on like Amarino and it was almost finished. And I would always like save up money, go in the studio and then I, and then I would stop until I had enough money again to like record. So, um, so I was, I worked on that and everything that came out in 2003. I tried a manager, like he's like some Deacon Blue manager, didn't nothing really happened like nothing moved much And I mean okay. i remember being in like a in like a, a a record label meeting and with this manager and they told me i looked like a lesbian which it's oh. kind of like <laughs> what would be what's wrong with that anyway and also um what are you talking about right. that's so weird right. and, then, and then and then the you know this is the guy and um, this guy He'd created like Enya, and I think he'd like worked with Madonna at Warner. Just this record guy called Rob Dickens, anyway. Okay. And he said, "I understand you looking like you do. I Understand you looking what? like you do. If you were Carol Crow, but for the music you make, uh, for the music you make, I don't think you look right." Oh anyway, my that God. Was, Yeah, it was pretty horrible. Wow. I am. I like. Um, I like. I, 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 I flew down. I flew down from Scotland for that meeting ah. and then I remember leaving the meeting thinking and and I went I went straight to the airport because I was kind of a bit broken from it. I <laughs> and imagine. I went to the air airport and paid to bring my flight forward because I was like I need to get out of here because uh, yeah ah. so um so but Mark Lanigan so that so the Amarino came out oh my god and yeah that manager he it was like somebody he knew, like, so he was kind of like, he got me a deal in the States, and then he was kind of like, the record came out with this, like, homespun kind of label. And, and like, I remember we, like, it, one of the big German magazines, it got, like, Album of the Month, and we went oh. to Germany to do it. And, and the, the, guy want, the, the label guy went with me, and he wanted me to stay in, like, a youth hostel with, like... Oh no toilet in the room and stuff it was all just wow. really strange anyway that happens I never have seen any money from that I've never been paid anything from that oh, um so I was just kind of like hmm it wasn't seeming that likely that anything would continue so but what happened was the press officer Chris Stone she the company she has gone to Stone Immaculate and um I was also I had a boyfriend at the time and I was all the the new material I'd started like working on and like at at that time like you know around about 2003 and I was listening to um Tom Waits the early years a lot and I was listening to like uh Nick Cave a lot and and I was just really digging all that stuff but then I had these songs and my Boyfriend Jonathan at the time, he said, You should ask Mark Lanigan to sing those songs. And uh, I didn't know who Mark Lanigan was, like, but Jonathan was a little bit older than me and he had like Scraps at Midnight. He put that on, and I remember thinking, Well, it's a long shot, you know. Uh, I thought, This is, you know, it's like kind of, I don't know, like pissing in the wind or something. I was right. like, There's nothing, in, like, like, I, I just so, like it's like. N- Nothing will become of this, but right, anyway, yeah. Chris Stone passed on a demo, and like, I think it was like a man ray card I'd written to him. Okay. And uh, the next I hear, oh, Mark Lanigan wants to talk to you, and I'm like, all right, okay. Wow. And so I was in my flat in Scotland. The phone went answered it, and he was like in the studio, and and he sang the the song. He's like, I hope you don't mind the word baby, and I was like, I was like. I, th- I mean, I, I was like, oh no, that's not tough. Why would I, why? you know, I was like, that sounds good. And then, and then he just like sang, why does my head hurt so down the phone? And wow. um, and I was kind of like, okay, I'll do anything you want me to do. Now. <laughs> <laughs> just like, so like, um, I think it's like, it's, it's kind of like, so disarming, like, t- like you know, and c- quite romantic, really. Like yeah. it, it appealed to the romantic in me and uh yeah that was us and then and then so he was on that ep and then he was touring a lot i think very shortly after that he was playing with the the queens and uh, i went to that and i went with my friend yeah i went to that with my friend bill and we went and met him and uh that was great and then after that he was back playing uh i think here comes that weird show was coming out so um yeah so we went to a solo show i think maybe that was just i don't know if bill came but i was i think maybe me on my own i went to that and then afterwards at that show after that show he said you know uh we we should make a record and i
0: oh man
1: like i am you know i was like ecstatic and i think like because when i when i would send him the songs he would always say like he felt like a a little boy like at christmas or he felt like it would be all his birthdays and all his christmases together and that's that that's kind of how i felt as well so
0: oh that is beautiful yeah
1: yes it's it's like yeah like because you know i've been thinking a lot about it since he passed and you know because it's been really hard and yeah. sad and everything and it's just but you know that is what how amazing music you know because it, it connects so many of us it connects us and it's just powerful it's yeah, amazing it
0: really is and one of the other cool guests that I saw on Milk White Sheets was James Eha and you, you actually wrote yes. the song James for him I didn't even actually realize that until recently that he was on the album.
1: Yeah, he and he, um, he was on Hawk as well, actually, because I think he played guitar. Like sometimes I would send him stuff. Yeah, he was a fan of him. He was he liked the Gentle Waves records, and he um, makes sense. And he got does it. Well,
0: yeah, because if if you listen his first uh, his solo album that came out, it's very. Very different than any of the, the pumpkin stuff he was on. So it's, it kind of, I can see how he would be a fan of, of, of that.
1: Yeah. So he actually, um I can't remember. I think it was maybe before Amarino or whilst I was making Amarino. Anyway, he flew to Glasgow and we went out for dinner a few times. And that was, yeah, we got on, we, we got on great. And um, oh, that's awesome. So I've, I, I'm not in touch with him kind of lost touch but i mean music is funny that way you yeah fall in and out with people but it would be yeah he would just like those those records and i, I mean i think i took him on a night out. i took him to see my friend's band starlets oh cool and um i think they were i think they were supporting like i don't know if that's the same like my memories but like they might have been supporting yola tango and then and then we oh, ended nice. up in in someone's flat like Drunk, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> on Sucky Hill Street in, in Glasgow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when did you do
0: that? Like? I just took uh, James E. Huff and Smashing Pumpkins to a concert, and then we just, you know. But well, you know, I'm I, like
1: I said, like I've I've not seen Friday the Thirteenth. It is kind of like I live under a rock, and <laughs> I did not really know the the Pumpkins records. I still don't wow. really. Um, so all I knew was when I met him, I was like. I like him he's a nice guy yeah and he's amazing at what he does And yeah and because then I think as well he would come he would come to town with perfect circle yes Um, I remember because I remember I had to like phone a hotel once and he like had a fake name (laughs) 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 like I think they would all give them give each other like give give fake names
0: oh my gosh I would love to know what the the heck their names were that's that kind of stuff makes me (laughs) this just makes me laugh ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous yeah
1: it was it was something like it was a funny fake name but I can't remember I can't remember what it was
0: but oh. yeah so you and Mark Lanigan end up doing that, starting actually a, a, a trio of albums together and yeah. Ballad of the Broken Seas is, is amazing I mean it starts off with, with some beautiful stuff I mean uh, Dea CBS it's just that's a beautiful way to just start a, a series of albums with anybody and worldly gains designed for worldly men, oh. I'm a master of the heart with ears and hands to Lind. Soldiers come and soldiers go. some change by love for thee a the circle in the chain of life or fighting to be free. I love the way your voices work against each other. you know you've got this sweet, soft vocal, and he's got this dark smokiness and it's they're just so different, but they work so beautifully together
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like a gift, really. Like, like two people that should never have met each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really, like, um, really grateful for that. Um, yeah, like, it, it was on honestly when I was making that record, like because I'd had that experience with that small label that put out Amorino. I was like, oh, screw all that. I was like, I'm gonna make a record just for myself like i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna just not have a label involved and have nobody kicking okay. over my shoulder so i just like funded it all myself wow. and um and I, and I got i got some money from uh, my friend, like my friend Bill Wells, the composer, like he helped me with a form, and I got some money from the Scottish Art, like a small amount of money from the Scottish Arts Council, and that helped me hire the string players and stuff like that. And oh, I just cool. made it like I just it was like a pet project, and I just made it chunk by chunk, you know, like little by little.
2: Okay, and
1: um, it it was uh, so like just my whole just passion really like just I was yeah it was really wonderful and such a I mean like I've always wanted to write for many different voices so to write for that voice and you know just really
0: just just wonderful. Were the songs and I guess for any of the albums but well, I guess we can start off with Ballad of the Broken Seas. Were they all written specifically for you and Mark? Or were any of them older songs that you adapted to uh, include Mark in his unique voice?
1: They were all written for him okay. and or as like because like, when so we he's on, like, why did my head hurt so but like Yeah. I sort of realized like I was writing that way anyway because like I'm a really I've always like loved Leonard Cohen as well and things like that so um I was always writing that way but because I feel like in that kind of voice but I needed to find a voice to translate that and which I found in him and it like but but but, so when he was like let's make a record i was like and i just like (laughs) went home and i I just went to town like i just you know just in my flat on my own all night the floodgates opened yeah just going for it and and just like thinking oh i hope this works and and also (laughs) thinking uh you know i can't wait to hear him on this you know
0: yeah well those those three albums and, and so there's Battle of the Broken Seas, there's uh, Sunday at Devil Dirt, and Hawk. They are so unique. I mean, I, I can't think of anything that has come out around that time or, or since that sounds like that. As, you know, it's part of the, the combination of the vocals, but even musically, it's not, you know, it's not what you're hearing a lot on the radio. It was a lot of, like, you know, your big influence, like 60s Music. It was great. Like, my two of my favorites are Come Undone and, and Come On Over.
2: Like a thief crawling through the night, like a drunk brawling in a fight. I should.
0: Those are just awesome tracks, and it's, it's it's something that I could put on for my my dad. Loves it, you know my brother. My brother's is a kind of a throwback guy. He he loves fifties, sixties, seventies music. So he loves it. <laughs> so it, it's it's just great stuff that I I could put on for anybody, and they they would fall in love with it.
1: Yeah, like I I am a throwback, like uh, really as well. So because I, I was like I'd be writing that stuff, but I'd be listening to like. Nina Simone, James Brown, and it's like that's cool, but like I'm, I'm like a little white
2: girl from Scotland. (laughs) I'm like,
1: how am I going to do this? But it's like, it's in me, and like, how can I, it, it, like those melodies, like even like um a lot of like. Country music, I feel like it's like like that that deep soul that can be in some of the best soul songs or country songs. That is my favorite music in the world. So to have like more of a heavier voice, like a voice that could carry that kind of stuff, like a sort of heavy hitter, like him. And I could like tuck myself behind it in (laughs) in like a little sneaky way. But like it was like him, yeah that's so um i'm still gonna make a soul record though like i ha- my my like and my friend that uh, my friend that abbey wrote um my friend abbey wrote like every time i go master a record, a record there he's like do your soul record, do your soul record. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like i'm like i know i know i'm going to i'm going to it and, and like last time i saw him he's was, he was like go to america don't go to america make your record either way Um, and like like, because i'm like because my my whole the last two years it's like should i stay or should i go like i don't know where to live or but you know (laughs) the music in america for me i would crawl over broken glass for that music like it's the best music it's like the it's where it all happens, you know. Like think of the um, Beatles listening to you, yeah. like Radio Car- Caroline or whatever. Like that is the music that you know shapes popular music. It's
0: um, it's so funny because I you know I I know a lot of people who are in America who think the opposite. They they're dying to go to true. to Great Britain because Led Zeppelin, the Stones, the Beatles, all. <laughs> You know that yeah because the they're
1: like ang- they're like anglophiles aren't they but yeah. but, it, but it was like a transatlantic um kind of back and forth like think of even like yeah. the beatles with um brian wilson like you know he yeah. heard Sergeant he heard sergeant pepper and he was like oh my god and then he went and made text sounds like it's always yep. been that way
0: but yeah that, always. that push and pull between the two countries and it's just it, you know, there was no internet back then to do it. You had to go find this stuff yet actually yeah, had yeah. to actually search for this stuff. That, yeah. that to me is what's amazing. And and I always feel like we've lost a little bit of, of some of the magic of that with the internet, which kind of makes me mm-hmm. sad with some of this stuff, but.
1: Yeah, it's quite, I mean, that, that truly all was magic. And it's like the, the cross pollination, but mm-hmm. you know, music is magic that is what i've come to i really think so because it's so powerful yes it connects people it can do things that you know conversations can't it can move us in ways that words alone can i know what you mean like i, I mean we're living in quite sterile like but you know but there's Look, there's still magic.
0: Yeah, there is. I think what I miss is I'm grateful for the internet because of of being able to find so much more stuff. You you know, all I've got to do is type in something on Google and I I can find everything I've ever wanted to know about anybody, any band, anything. Like if I type in Isabel Campbell, I can find out every (laughs) album you've been on. And that's great. But I I miss yes. a little bit of the search, the physical search, like going to a record store and, and looking in, into into the piles of vinyl and CDs and stuff. I, I kind of miss yeah. the availability of that.
1: I mean, even though like even though all the record plants are all backed up at the moment, and and vinyl is still happening, but yeah, I miss like I mean Spotify is like so handy and everything, but yeah. but I miss the actual like you hold this record in your hands and and it's and it's just the because one day who knows all the digital stuff like if it's all on like iCloud somewhere or wherever it's stored if there's like some kind of malfunction
0: yes
1: it's kind of like oh well you know
0: it's gone uh, and you can't recover it you know I
1: know it's, it's like uh yeah, I'll, I'll so that's, what, that's the way it went, and yeah. this is where we're at.
0: And... I'll tell you the one thing I, I do miss more than any of, of that, I think, if I have to think about it, I miss radio the way it used to be, because back, cause you, we're about the same age, you're a couple years younger than me, so...
1: I had a cab driver yesterday to try and tell me that I was born in 1969. like, I was like... <laughs> so, I was like <laughs> no he was born in 1969 i was like no way i wasn't born in the 60s
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no
1: but yeah so are you are you, i'm 46 are you
0: i i in june i'll be 49 yeah
1: where's the so, bracket aren't
0: we yeah yeah you're the same age as my brother so there's something about 1976 that makes people i think everybody born that year is a throwback because my brother he doesn't listen to anything outside of the well Rarities outside of the seventies. He's a sixties, yeah. seventies guy. So
1: <laughs> my but, uh, my friend, my friend, I was at like, my friend's house just she put on like Magic Soul or something, and she says her husband doesn't like it because he he says they only have like four songs, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 I'm like, put it on, like this is my station. <laughs> right.
0: Well, that's that's the thing. That's kind of what, what I was hoping to, to get across is, that, and the radio, the way it used to be, is like at least over here. You could turn on a radio station and you might hear something in the, you know, something in the top 40, and then you hear something, you know, from 20 years beforehand, you know, it's, there wasn't the, uh, I, I don't know, I think the music is a lot more segregated now with, with satellite radio and all. you, you want to hear something, f- you know, grungy from the 90s, there's a whole station just plays that. And then if you want to hear something different, then you have to go search for it, whereas you know, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, you could turn on a radio station and, you know, you, you didn't know what you were going to hear. It, it was just, a, it was just they would play oldies and new stuff. So I, I kind of missed that.
1: And then, like, maybe back then, do you think, like, the radio stations had, like, more power because they could make or break artists?
0: Oh, absolutely. Think? I think so. And I yeah. think, I, I, I think uh, DJ specific DJs even mm-hmm. even to drill it down even more so you know certain djs had a lot of power if they liked you they'd stick you in the rotation and then
1: yeah like i mean even back like, in like 80s like even or he, like john Peel helped a lot of careers or like um but even uh I, I think kenny everett this like british comedian i don't know if you know who he is but i, I think he broke queen because i think he oh, wow. queen on his radio station
0: yeah 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 and but i think the part of the problem is I don't think a whole lot of people listen to actual radio anymore. And so you do listen to Spotify playlists and things. So you're not getting, you're getting algorithms, making suggestions. You're not getting an actual person promoting anything. So I, I I don't know. I, I I miss the human aspect of the, the what the radio used to be instead of, yeah,
1: I, I miss the human aspect of everything. Yeah. Like I, I, like I always say, I was like on WhatsApp to a friend or whatever. I'm just like. Good to see a human. Good to see a human, and I'm I'm like always trying to, um you know, I'd always rather like see, be with like in person with humans. Well, yeah. not all humans, <laughs> but
2: like a lot. <laughs> like
1: you know, um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just become very, you know, I mean, the technology is amazing, but I think there's a time and a place, and I think connect it's good, but real human. In a room, or you know, Mm -hmm. togetherness. Like, I think we've got to keep that going because just the whole cyber stuff. And like, I have some people that like they just text me forever. They never want to actually see me, and I'm I'm like, "Mm, time to lose those connections because I need the humans. And and (laughs) so I guess the music is like and and like it's, it's all we have that going on at so many levels at the moment.
0: Yeah. And you know the past two years of everybody having to isolate themselves and you know, it didn't did help matters at all.
1: No, no, and and because there is power, you know, power in numbers, power to people, power. I mean, yeah. uh, we have got to hang on to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, no matter what,
1: it's... and there's no, no, no use like being all scared, hiding in our houses. It's just, yeah. I'm like. I'm like
0: no to that. So, <laughs> I, and I agree with you hundred percent. So you, you and Mark did the uh, the Hawk album in 2010, and uh-huh. then there was nothing until 2020. What was going on? What happened? Oh
1: God! I got <laughs> married. <laughs> it's like a country western song but anyway um yeah so what happened i got fried i mean um we did the tour like yeah like we did the tour i think the last shows we mark and i played were in australia in 2011 and um i remember being at the airport in sydney we were both on the same flight back to la and he was like He's like, well, it's been great knowing you, kid. And I just, uh, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and uh, cause like, I think we just both, I don't know, um, I, cause I, I, he was always like, I think with those records, he always said, you know, that he was happy for me to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes a hand would have been nice, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah. But like you know we've all got to just do we've all got to be who we are so like I was being me he was being him yeah it's cool so like we just kind of came to that and then I just moved to LA and I and I had a manager and it was all a bit I was super fried and stressed like um it's probably like that could probably be on my, my tombstone super <laughs> super fried and stressed <laughs> but um I'd had this manager and then he didn't care too much for her, and she was always bitching to me about him, and I was in the middle. Like, I remember being on tour, oh, wow. and I remember being on tour, and and there was that kind of bad blood and, like, sort of bickering. I remember waking up on a tour bus, like, in Chicago, and that was going on and just, like, bursting into tears because it was just, like, I, oh. I, I'm, like, a am a people pleaser, you know, like, and it was...
0: Yeah, me too. Anyway,
1: yeah, which is, like got to sort that out it's not so good to be like that but anyway um so that was sort of happening and I remember we were like in we were in Toronto and he was was like she an alcoholic and I was like I don't know I don't know and he's like well either that or she's gonna play dodgeball with her face and I was like I was like what (laughs) (laughs) so like he he oh no but he was right you know because there was like he was he was right but I was just trying to navigate the music business. So anyway, that all went tits up. And um I got a bit burned and pride, and it really put, really put me off and really scared me off. So then I was like living in LA, which is like the most showbiz place to live. Oh, like yeah. what the what the what was the point of that? I was like living in LA hiding. <laughs> 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 I I I was like I was come off here enjoying the good weather and hiding would come out every so often take a meeting get the fear and go hide again <laughs> oh, <wow.
2: laughs>
1: like I take a, I remember taking a meeting with like I think it was Cat, Cat Stevens manager like he produced a, oh, wow. a Tina Turner movie like what's love got to do with it and he, oh, he was a really nice man but he was like he was like is your music like Barbra Streisand and I was like eh, I'd,
2: like, I'd uh, <laughs> I
1: don't know, but anyway um so like it, there was lots of like i felt like such a square peg and i couldn't really squeeze myself into a round hole yeah. and um so i just i gave up a bit i was married i enjoyed i enjoyed like we got a dog i enjoyed that but then <laughs> all of a sudden but then i just kind of turned into a a cleaning lady and a cook which wasn't so good so yeah the career the career just went down the toilet a bit so that and wow that like that was a decade yeah
0: suddenly suddenly 10 years have gone by like wait
1: i know and and you're like uh and like and like in 2010 i'd met with this publishing the the publishing lady and she told me i had four years left in
0: 2010 what so oh my god You get the I weirdest know. meetings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, yeah, I'm a mover and
0: a shaker. <laughs> so, you, you look like a lesbian. Your music. Somebody wants to be Barbara yeah. Streisand, and then you've got four years left, and then you're done.
1: What's that? Uh, that song? That's Entertainment. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty um, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Pretty brutal. So, <laughs> so,
0: what pulled you out?
1: a miracle like um so we because also as well like i was trying to so i think i got taken on by a record company in 2014 to make a record okay. but i was kind of like the last three records had been duo stuff and i was like i was like i didn't really wasn't sure how to navigate just me ah, okay. um, and because I remember tweeting something about Bob Dylan like during that time, like, oh, saying, Oh, I'm mopping the floors, listening to Bob Dylan. And somebody said, Well, Bob Dylan didn't get to write to create his songs like by mopping floors. <laughs> I remember Jeez. thinking that's what I was thinking, yeah, I'm kind of like wasting, like, I'm you know, I was like, Yeah, but um, so what happened was, we my husband at the time we made the record and it just like we it was so DIy like we were doing it all ourselves, and okay. it just took a minute and then we made it, and I really like it but but then when we finished it, the record label had actually folded, so and they were kind of annoyed because I'd taken i think like I think sometimes like record labels like people to go in the studio and make a record in like two weeks, but like I' was always like even. The mark Lanigan records i would say because i would because i self-produce mm-hmm. a lot because i'm kind of like well I, I i have nothing like if a amazing producer i would be like yes but a lot of it is like they, they're just money guzzlers and i'm like i can yeah. i have create it's not like i don't have ideas so i'm like i would rather just produce myself but any uh, uh I think because I'd taken two years, like I think they were, they they were annoyed at me. But I, honestly, I was, I was only, I was doing my best, and 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 I was just kind of like, I'm quite a fusspot, so I was like, <laughs> it has to be. I wanted to make a record that I loved and like that I believed in, because otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. So, and I think that's worth, that's worth the fight, right there. Oh, so yeah. But anyway, they they locked me down, and so that happened in like uh, sort of October twenty sixteen, and they locked me down, and I and I didn't get out of that until, and I cause I remember emailing Mark during that time, and I was like, oh my god, I, I'm locked down, like I can't, I can't, not not the the pandemic down, but I was <laughs> like, I I'm like um, I'm not a free woman, like I can't get this legal stuff, I can't, yeah, the, the, this is like completely uh, you know and I can't work because of this legal stuff oh, and um God. and he was like he was like man he was like I heard of that happening to people like in the 80s but he's like I don't know anyone that this is happening this would happen to now but then like when lawyers would look at the contract they would say oh yeah it's a really draconian contract wow. and all this so anyway I got my freedom in uh 2017 like just like just before christmas eve so like the music business is like close like nobody everyone is on holiday yeah so i got my i got my like we'd reached an agreement and i was able to shop that like deal with the record but anyway so then i think march um march 2018 an old uh v2 friend um mark bonds like he said oh you should send your record to cooking vinyl so and i did okay and so on, at the last minute like i ended up like flying to london met with rob and everyone at like, cooking vinyl and that's when they they took on the record that had been constipated forever <laughs> like they, they, just, and they like they, great way to they put took, it they just like it was just totally snarled up they took it and, um, and then then that was like then, then that came out at the, at the start of uh, at the end I think it came out in February 2020 so yeah. then and then that started cooking vinyl and but in the meantime like you know like I sang on Damage and Joy after jesus and mary Chain album sang yeah, on that yeah. in like 20, 2017 and like and for like somebody like basically like i had no like i had no i was completely locked like snarled up with that legal thing so getting to do things like that was a lifeline for me so
0: i can understand um, that yeah
1: yeah, it was very, very, very frustrating. So, like, when the pandemic hit and we were all locked down, I was like, I know this feeling. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know, like, I'm, I'm practiced at this.
0: Here so, we are again.
1: Yeah, Yeah. treading water,
0: like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at the album, uh, There Is No Other, and I would not have imagined you picking Running Down a Dream as a Tom Petty... <laughs> cover to do. There's a there's a few others I would have imagined you doing first, but you know, maybe all right for now or the waiting. But running down a dream, that is I love what you did with it. A very interesting choice. Are you, are you a big Tom Petty fan?
1: Oh, massive! Like you know the the documentary. Like I think yeah. I I've watched. Like I adore him because he's like. And and but by the way, we recorded that in like we recorded that in like twenty fifteen or something. Oh my like, gosh! So like it was it existed before his uh, passing and wow. stuff. Yeah, um, and no way I thought he would pass either. Like so, yeah, no so soon. But um, I think with the cover songs because I I love covers, but um, I don't really choose them. They choose me. Okay. And like so, like so, for example, when Mark and I did like Rambling Man, like probably someone would be like, well, they would. That's probably incongruous as well. Like for me for an artist like me to pick that but like I just was like you know around my house like dusting or whatever and I was just like shimmying about like (laughs) listening to Hank Williams and him and I was like oh I could hear him do that and I and I had my little singy bit and so I was like got to try that and so with with Running Down a Dream it was for me um it spoke to me because of the lyrics because it was kind of describing it, it spoke to me because um it was a beautiful day sun beat down had the radio on was right like you know running down a dream that never would come to me oh, <laughs> working on a yeah. mystery yeah. working on a mystery that's what following the mystery like going wherever that leads yeah running down a dream for me that's been my life ah, like okay. um just you know follow like trying to stay in the flow and follow signs follow the magic follow a a dream and and like um so I I, there's no way like a a wee a wee Scottish girl's like like (laughs) suddenly like living in LA and like you know it it was um that's all been quite dreamlike so uh (laughs) Yeah, and also um, I'd like had, I really liked the Silver Apples, like uh, oscillations and stuff like that, and I was listening to that, and I was like, oh, imagine if I sort of like got a kind of synth, put it through, and maybe tried a more uh, hypnotic, like almost psychedelic approach to that song. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: Well, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about your covers is that you kind of strip things down to, to its essence and then slightly augment it to, to make it sound like yours. If I, yeah. if I had never, well, if I, if I put an original next to a cover of yours, they, most of the time they don't sound anything alike. And I I, I love that when, when an artist will do that with a cover and make it their own. And you did that with with "Run Down a Dream." You did it with "Something Never My Love." I mean, awesome, awesome takes on these classic songs.
1: You have to, and I mean, in some ways, it's like an abomination because, like, in some ways, it's like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Like, I, like, how dare you? You know, like,
0: I understand but that, then, but, but
1: but then I just think, well, if you fancy doing something, just do it. Like, I mean. Do you really? Yeah, there's all these like judges out there, and like critics, and like you know, right. armchair like politicians, or like just people just saying, "Oh, but nah." Just like tune out the noise, like tune it out, and 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 do what you feel like. So, but I think with covers, if you don't, you know, if if you were to follow it uh, very religiously. Then it's karaoke. So what's the point?
0: Exactly. If there's a, something, a song you want to try, do it. Because you're gonna, no matter what, you're going somebody's gonna be upset at you. But at at the end of your career, are you gonna look back and say, I tried it, or man, I should have tried it?
1: You got to do what you feel like. You got to do what you fancy, as long as it's not hurting anyone. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, well, yeah, <laughs> um,
1: got to follow, uh, like, like uh, Jim that used to play guitar with me. I like, got to follow the muse like and I think if I think if you're an artist you just do because there's no choice because you just have to
0: yeah I guess the next question I have about the the albums is with the the lockdown and and quarantines and everything were you able to support the albums at all before everything kind of went to hell
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so I was and so I managed to squeeze in a, uh, a tour like uh, as my my friend Mark and the Mary Chain like he says oh he was like he always like yeah it was good um good you got the good you got a tour in before everything went down the crap
2: <laughs> 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 like
1: um he um he, I think he was over in the UK because I think the Mary Chain had like a Darklands tour so they he was yeah. over for that but then the tour never. Happened, but then they actually did it in november so um i got to sing with them in in a couple of nights oh, for that. Awesome. that but um yeah so i got like and i was so <laughs> nervous because when when i did the tour um at the end of january february 2020 before before the pandemic just yeah, I, I squeezed in, like, got to play in Scotland, England, and Europe a bit. Okay. And then, and then, and it was so, it was like, oh, now I feel like myself again. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, like, this is, cause I think even Mark Lanigan, like, he, I think when I was on the Mary Chain record, he emailed me, he's like, ah, oh, so glad to hear you on that. And then when awesome. the, and then when There Is No Other came out, he's like, and when Ant Life came out, he was like, oh, I love this. in the groove and I, and I was really I was like how insane not to do that for like yeah. you know nine years that's insane yeah and um, or like nine or ten years like I was like no wonder I felt so shitty like, I was like yeah. <laughs> and, you know because I was just like going against myself like really going against myself but and so we were there like oh you want to like there was a some jazz festival in Montenegro, and there was all this stuff. But then, obviously, it just like all went away because of the because of the pandemic. So now, but now I try. I the plan is there's. So I think I have like five shows on the west coast in June. So oh
0: man, um, yeah, so you gotta so, get, you gotta get out to the east coast. I know that way I can. I I can hope see hope so. <laughs> can you?
1: I am um, the agent. He's based in this lovely agent and he's based it's Space Agency and he's like based in LA. So maybe he'll get I think he was just saying do like there's a festival in like Northern California and he was like, um play just this is just a kind of start back and then he said yeah. follow up more in September. So
0: okay. you're re-releasing Amarino uh, and Milk White Sheets. Mm-hmm. And when I threw out that I was gonna have you on the podcast the big question that everybody wanted to know was: Are there going to be any reissues of on vinyl specifically of the uh, albums with Mark Lanigan, or maybe a, an album of unreleased uh, material that that?
1: Uh, yes to all of that. Yes to all of that. Like, um, actually, right before the first lockdown in like march 2020 yeah like uh cooking vinyl want to we're we're sorting all that at the moment and um last year like some of it could have been out already but um because i've because of my like gypsy weeks like i think (laughs) um they were like can you approve the artwork and i'm like and I and then I forget, and then I go to approve it, and I, the, the link has expired. And like that was pretty much like all of last year. Oh. But um, but we're on like I actually met with, & vinyl like a few, uh, in London a few weeks ago, and so no, that's we're we have um we're planning all of that. Oh. Yeah, and it's def- and particularly I like, I couldn't I couldn't definitely on vinyl, but um and they're saying actually saw text from Stu today i think he's yep 2023 he's saying and i couldn't believe it they were saying cd as well i was like i was like who buys cd and they but apparently (laughs) do do you well the back you do there you go there you go (laughs) so like the back um, the uh, jeff and steve were like Like oh no 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 people still buy CDs and I'm like I was like I was like what I live under a rock like I'm like what what I just like okay what if you say so good
0: (laughs) blows me away is that people are putting out cassettes again
1: yes there is no other came out on cassette I really liked it wow yeah
0: so are you writing material for any new projects since you know there's no other it was was kind of a an amalgamation of like a Five six years worth of work. Are you working on something new?
1: Yes, I have. I've, I've started recording, and um, I need to. After these five shows, I need to like hunker down and like finish another record. But I'm going out. Like, I think I'm going to Louisiana because my friend sings. So, so when I do these five shows, I'm hoping to play some of the. Like I'll be playing some of my solo stuff, but some of the trilogy stuff as well. So so Jay's gonna uh he's gonna help me out and sing some of that. So so I'll go to Louisiana in, in like a week or two and rehearse that and then awesome. and then we'll all go to the which I love Louisiana anyway. So oh, yeah. but we'll and then we'll head to the West Coast.
0: That is such good news. I know everybody that, that asked me that to a person. everybody, when I said, Hey, let me know if you have any questions for Isabel, it was are the three albums with Mark coming out on vinyl? Because I can't afford to buy the ones that are out right now. Apparently they're very collectible.
1: Yes, that's what um the my the Andrew the Andrew Devine that is was the art Glasgow School of Art. DJ, but also um he has designed all my artwork. He was he was telling me that he was saying um that they they, they are collectible. So, yeah. but it's because I'm like, basically I'm unmanageable. Like I was getting, <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I know I am really I'm, but. I am an abomination, but I was getting like, <laughs> but I don't care. Fuck it. Like, who cares? I mean, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, life is short. Yeah. Life is short. Exactly. Just be, just, 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 you, you can't not, you can't be anything other. So, if I'm an abomination, so what? But, um. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so what was it? Yeah, it's just because i like not like uh, i've never really never had a decent like had a good manager relationship i've never managed that and so so (laughs) things just so i'm always like um i'm always flying by the seat of my pants and kind of uh disorganized so it's all just been quite chaotic but it is it is (laughs) uh, like cooking vinyl have not lost their patience with me yet so uh good yeah. <laughs> so it's well, coming it's coming
0: i've been looking at uh one of the sites that i use to research and um, the lps the cheapest one is uh ballad of the broken seas is 208 dollars and there's only one for sale Um uh, wow. hawk is 218 and devil dirt is 320 or something like that so you got, that's
1: crazy. You got crazy. quite the
0: collectible albums going there. So congratulations. I, know, I was
1: like, I was like I was texting my friends and in, in like January, February. And I was like, I was like, yep, I'm a back catalog gal now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, laugh, like laughing tears, like emotionally. Cause I was like, Oh my, I'm an old, I'm an old kid. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but hey, the, <laughs> well, you just, we just, that's, the way it is, but um, yeah, so no, that's gonna happen, and I actually think one of the first things to come out might be the Keep Me in Mind, Sweetheart vinyl EP. Oh, that might come out first as yeah. all.
2: Summer was high when you caught mine, though I was pledged to another, the feeling was strong when. Came along, the Lord only knows how I suffer. Oh, if you change your mind, leave our love behind, just keep me in mind, sweetheart. Please keep me in mind, sweetheart. But it's so, but it's, it's tragic for me because, like,
1: when we had. To- we had, I was like approving the Hawk vinyl artwork and no way did I think that, I thought Mark would still be here, you know, like there's not for a minute so, it does feel weird, like, because we were and I remember saying to him during the pandemic, like well, can we play shows? And he was like he says, if we're allowed to play shows again I would love to, but so it's it's just you know what better to have had better to have known him than to never have known him and yeah. like I'm just grateful and, and I feel I still feel him ever since I feel him with me and uh, you know he's loved by so many people so it's really it's it for me like because I feel like I, I survived and I it's been so nightmarish for so many people yeah so bad it's just a living nightmare and i feel like the two years like i feel like i'll I'll, i i've been fortunate but for me it was like a low point him passing and it's that's when it's got the even though things are getting back a bit more but like for me that was like the hardest uh that's what i think that's why like when you were i just haven't I've I've not even really been on emails like that much. So I think when I i was like reading out your email like like I was because I've not actually I don't probably go on my emails still at the moment right. because it was just like when it happened everything just kinda came crashing down a bit. Yeah. So um and well, then and then I got covid and I couldn't oh. go to the I got I couldn't go to the memorial. Oh so, no. Yeah, I was gutted.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. But
1: you can, but you know, you can always say, like, I'll be, you know, he's. I think somebody said, you know, that when you have records with someone, or or when you've shared that, then you always have that, and yeah, you know, but yeah.
0: Well, everybody that I've had on the podcast that it has been associated with him has it, it, they've been some of my favorite podcasts this one that we're doing right now mark came on twice and they're just amazing shows i'm blessed to have known him for the very short amount of time that i did and but through his music he's introduced me to so many other wonderful people so i'll always be grateful for that
1: and and that's the thing that like that i keep coming back to because of like I, i'm a thinker and I, like i think too much actually it's not that healthy but um it doesn't always serve me but you know that keep coming back to like music is so powerful it's so powerful because it's like so healing it can heal us all so much like i know i've not read mark's book but i know that you know people have told me that he said like music saved his life i remember when we would like when we were making ballad, I think he said, and then someone, one of his managers, some said that oh, this is keeping him him alive right now. Wow. And like, but I so I, I I just keep coming back to like how awesome music is it is magical. It know?
0: really is, and I know that I've I've kept you for quite a long time. Where can that's okay? I I do appreciate all of this. This has been so much fun where can people follow you on social media to keep track of uh court dates or how, how uh, yeah, can they yeah. follow you
1: yeah so I'm like um <laughs> so i am so you know i still have an email <laughs> <laughs> uh, like
2: um
1: uh, facebook uh, twitter and what's that instagram yeah, yeah. but i I'm unmanageable, I'm telling you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this it, it, pop is popping on there and um, stuff like that. So, yeah. Hopefully, like just you know, by the seat of my pants, by winging a prayer, it will it, it, come together.
0: It's worked so far. It has. Yeah. And... <laughs> well, I've really had a lot of fun. This has been great. Thank you so uh,
1: much. Thank you, awesome. I that was a really nice time to <laughs>